you to Lynette, and thank you to our ushers, and thank you to our sound team for finally getting it right. Um, <laughs> Got to turn that on, sound team. That pack that's right there, that's my responsibility, <laughs> not there. Okay. Well, good morning. Good morning. Wow, what a great way to start the morning. I was thinking even as, as uh, that first song kicked off, amen. Thank God for his forgiveness right? And we don't want to take his grace for granted. We don't want to abuse it. Thank God for it. Amen? He is good to us. He is good to us. I believe this morning is a very special morning. Mostly, uh, there's lots of reasons why I believe that, but mostly because of how uh, difficult of a, a path we've had to walk to get here specifically uh, this morning. There are times, I think, and I'm not entirely Sure that I could form a theology around it, but I think there are times in our lives where God is planning on doing something, right? And the enemy can see things starting to come into alignment in that way, right? When, when the angel's going and bringing the word um, and telling Mary that she's going to have a child, uh, the enemy, his interest is piqued. And I think when the Holy Spirit starts aligning something in someone's life, I believe that the enemy wants to get off track. He will come against it. And for us as a staff and as a church, this was an incredibly difficult week for us. Just pretty much across the board, we're all sick. So, <laughs> on the way in, I didn't hug anybody, say hello to anybody. I just came in because I was fevering since Thursday morning, okay, so, uh, and so if I'm completely incoherent today and the sermon makes no sense, uh, that's because I wrote it at 102 degrees, okay, <laughs> so you get what you get, uh, <laughs> but um, even my wife is not here today, uh, and I don't know if you've ever watched a, a, a TV show, um, with normally has a laugh track and there's no laugh track that's what the sermon's going to be like today because <laughs> my wife is the laugh track for us uh, she's at home uh, with asher who's sick she you didn't know that that's your cue on when to laugh when liz laughs that's the cue everybody laughs along with it we work on that laugh all through the week okay deembo's got me all right as long as somebody does but she's at home with Asher, and, and so sickness has been around the family. Nathan, uh, yesterday they brought Lindley up to urgent care because of uh, just some severe, severe fevers for her. Just sickness all across the board and um, uh, other things as well. I could just go down. But I really ultimately believe that's because God might want to do something today. And so I believe the enemy would try to take something like that off course. And so I would just trust that if there's been things aligning in your life and the Lord's been bringing things uh, specifically in, in that way, that you should lock in right now because I believe the Holy Spirit has something for you this morning. Let me start before we get to the Word um, by just mentioning that if you have not yet done it, please go out to praise.fyi. You can either find under message notes or under events tab uh, there is an opportunity for you to sign up for uh, the daily devotionals that are being sent out from the church. We want to 
as a church, make sure that we are a praying church. We want to pray. We need to pray. Um, and the more and more I realize that, the more and more I'm banging this particular drum. And I'm not going to stop banging that drum anytime soon because God has called us to the impossible. Okay. God has called us to the impossible. The things that he has asked of us, the things that he commands us to do, the things that he calls us to as believers are impossible for us to do in our own strength. And I don't know how many times you read that in Scripture and you go, yeah, well, that's not, I can't do that. How can you command that of me, God? Well, and here's the thing. He commands and calls us to do the impossible in order to bring us back to him and ask him to do through us the impossible. That's what Jesus said. He said, this thing is impossible with man. It is possible with God because nothing is impossible with God. And so I encourage you to join with us as we're spending time in prayer uh, through the month of February. Every single day, we're going to have a focused prayer. There's going to be a devotion that's sent out into your email. Uh, there's about 200 people who are a part of that right now. I know that there are um, others who might want to join, so you can just go to praise.fyi in order to do that. We're going to start by praying for for the first week. We were praying for ourselves, and then this week coming up, we're, well, starting yesterday, um, praying for our families. And then after that, we're going to pray for our church, and then we're going to pray for our country, kind of moving out in concentric circles. And so I encourage you to be a part of it. The first week was primarily devotions developed by the pastoral staff. But now we're going to move into a lot of uh, devotions that have been prepared uh, by different members of praise. And um, I'm excited about that because I think it's always good to hear the Holy Spirit through the voice of someone else. Uh, to hear multiple voices that are all confirming by the power of the Holy Spirit a specific direction. And so even this morning was prepared for us by Teresa Harden. And you're going to find uh, moving forward that uh, those devotions are going to continue to be um, by different members of praise until the last week, and then the pastoral staff are going to come back in and close that up. So join us with that. You, I think you'll benefit from it. Those are sent out every single morning. If you miss them and you want to go back and read some of the old devotions, you can also go to prayfebruary.com, prayfebruary.com. I want to pray for a few specific needs right now. Uh, some in our congregation who uh, just need the Lord. There's a lot of sickness right at the moment just across the board. There were <coughs> even uh, beyond just me and my family, there's, um, uh, there's a lot of families that are dealing with sickness and a lot of, even in the children's ministry, a lot of their workers today were not able to be here uh, just because of, of sickness. And so we want to pray for that. Uh, ben Jackson's getting ready to have surgery. And then Karen Wilson um, uh, this last week decided that, along with the doctor, that she was going to have open heart surgery as well. We want to pray for uh, the Bisking family. Debbie's mother passed away uh, this week as well. So let's go to the Lord with these, and we'll just trust him to answer and meet us in the midst of all of them. Father, we do uh, believe that you have called us to pray. God, you asked us to cast our cares upon you. And there are so many things that are beyond us to do. These things that, are, that you have called us to and those things that, um, Lord, we, we, can't, we can't handle on our own. And so, God, we come back to you and we hand these back to you in prayer. 
we roll them onto you. We cast them upon you. All the different ways that you told us to come to you in prayer. And Father, we do come with the expectation that you hear us because of what Jesus Christ accomplished for us. That's not a small thing. We can pray because of Jesus Christ. And so we come in the name of Jesus Christ. We do pray healing for Ben Jackson. We pray for good results there for Stuart uh, German as well. We pray for healing in his body. Uh, continue to restore and strengthen him as well. Father, we pray for Karen Wilson right now. We pray strength to her frame and that you would give peace and preparation uh, for this uh, upcoming surgery. God, we just pray that in all of that, you would be the one who surrounds her and that the, the peace of Christ uh, would be in her, oh God, that the peace of God would just uh, be all in and through her heart, oh Lord. I pray that you would strengthen and comfort and encourage the Biskings uh, following uh, uh, Debbie's mother's passing. God, just, just help them to see that you are close and with them through this process. You are able. You are faithful. And today we also just um, ask for your help for the rest of this time. Help us to focus in on what you would have for us by the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, also help us to um, uh, just see health for this congregation. I pray against sickness in the name of Jesus. And everybody together said, Amen. Amen. If you would grab your Bibles today, and once you have them, open them up to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. So this is the uh, wrap-up of the series, God in Us. And there's a couple things I would say about that, even as we're recognizing that this is the wrap-up, is that... Um, Boy, I think we could continue with this series through the rest of the year. Every single Sunday, we could talk about the person and the work and the power of the Holy Spirit, how he moves in our lives, and it would not be wasted time. And I don't think we'd have to cover, um, uh, recover material. Like, there is so much we could talk about with the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we started the year off focusing on uh, him as the first fruits of our focus in 2020, um, but we could stay on this all year long, and everybody would benefit from it. With that said, there are a few things that we really want to get out in the congregation, some specific things we want to just make sure that we're all on board and understand uh, moving forward. And so as part of that, we are going to close this series, but I feel like there's a specific way we need to close it. I think there's a, a, a specific way for us to end the series, and that's why we're in Ephesians today. So Ephesians chapter 5, in my Bible, it's page 978. If you don't have a Bible, there's some spread out throughout the seats. If you grab one of those, it'll also be on page 978. Uh, you can also go to praise.fyi, tap on message notes, and you'll find all the verses um, we're going to be reading today, along with an opportunity to take notes. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Here's what it says. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. What a great word, debauchery. I, I am disappointed that we do not use words like debauchery more often. I mean, I don't want us to have reason to use the word debauchery, but the word itself, such a beautiful word, right? Like, and it's, 
not one of those words you're going to bring up in everyday conversation. I've never discussed debauchery with my mailman or with the uh, checker at Walmart. Debauchery was just not one of those things that was a regular conversation topic. And so it's not something that I think I've ever brought up. And so as a result, because we don't use words like debauchery, which if you want a good time, here's what you should do. Um, You should go and check out the new words that are being added to the dictionary every year. You will lose all faith in humanity and only have faith in Jesus Christ, okay? Because it's sad. Debauchery is gone, and now I don't even even want to start, but... It's depressing. Okay, so, but debauchery is one of those words that, because we don't use it, we read it and we think, okay, it's just talking about sin. But it's actually talking about something very specific. It's talking about what happened for the prodigal son when he left home and he took all of his inheritance with him. Okay? And he goes and he spends it all. That was debauchery. The opposite of debauchery is preservation. Okay? So preservation, anytime you preserve something, if you put it in a can or you uh, shellac it in order to preserve it, whatever you do to preserve it, the opposite of that would be debauchery. So debauchery is a completely wastefulness, okay, complete wastefulness. It is losing everything. It's not even properly using it and it being gone. It's like when you don't even properly use it, but then it's still gone. Wastefulness, okay? So when he left and he brought with him his inheritance and he wasted it all, that was debauchery. So now you've got a definition for debauchery. What he says here is this. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is complete and utter wastefulness. You will waste your life. He says, instead, be filled with with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. This verse in particular, I have been working on all week. Now maybe it's taken me so long because I was at 102 degrees. That may be a legitimate thing. But I also just keep having more and more questions for this very simple verse. Like, I read it, and the first thing I ask is, okay, if he's just trying to get people not to get drunk, wouldn't the answer be abstinence? Right? Do not get drunk on wine. Be abstinent. But he doesn't say that. He doesn't say, don't drink, be empty. He says, don't get drunk, be filled with with the Spirit. So he doesn't say be empty. He says be filled with something else. And I just love that. And I think it's rich. But I also think, and this is something that's important for us, I think when he wrote this, he wasn't specifically dealing with somebody in the church. Like, a lot of times when you're reading something in Scripture, Paul is responding to an issue in the church. If you read through Corinthians, you're like, Okay, why does Paul ever have to say that to the church at large? Well, the reason why is that there was apparently something really bad happening in that particular church, and so he was speaking to that very situation. 
Here it doesn't seem like that's what's happening. It's, it's almost like he uses the drinking of wine and not getting drunk on wine in order to set up the discussion of being filled with the Spirit, which is hugely important to recognize. Because if that's the case, then Paul is drawing some parallels there. He's saying, don't get drunk with wine, because that will lead to wastefulness. But be filled with the Spirit. Do you know how many times in Scripture the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is compared to wine? It's an interesting thing to look at. That when Jesus is enacting the kingdom of God and he's declaring, I'm here, his manifesto, kingdom of the Spirit, he multiplies wine at a wedding. Right? Joy and celebration newness. And then he's talking about how with this new spirit and new life that now no longer is there um, any sort of, uh, we don't have to, all the old traditions that locked people in to keep them from living a certain way, he says that's gone, right? So what does he say? He says don't put new wine in old wineskins. You've got the spirit now right? When the Spirit falls in Acts chapter 2 and the people begin to speak, the disciples begin to speak in languages that they have not learned, what is it that everybody says, oh, they're drunk on wine, right? Over and over you see this kind of parallel between the Spirit and wine, and it's not that there's chaos or disorder or or something like uh, out of order or or it's instead it's about joy and celebration and gladness and boldness too. It's that side of it. It's the fact that all through scripture you see that wine tied together with that joy and gladness and the Holy Spirit is the same. That the Holy Spirit brings with him joy. Look at how many times in scripture you see the, the, uh, the word joy and the Holy Spirit together in the same verse. It's beautiful to see how many times that happens. Here he says, do not get drunk with wine. For that is wasted life, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. That word filled is the reason why I wanted to stay and come to this verse this morning. Filled. Be filled with the Spirit. As part of that, I read every single time in the New Testament when it says that they were filled with something. Because what does this mean? What is this talking about? Because we use this kind of language, hey, filled with the Spirit. What does that actually mean? Is that referring to salvation because the Spirit is in us from salvation? Is that referring to the baptism in the Holy Spirit because then it's like a fullness uh, to our experience? Is that what it's talking about or is this something else? And so I just started reading every time it talks about someone being filled with something in the New Testament. There's times when people are filled with joy, and there's times when people are filled with sorrow. There are times when people are filled with awe, filled with wonder. There are times when people are filled on the negative side of it with jealousy, with rage, with um, malice. There's times 
People are filled with confusion. The, 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 the idea behind filled is really seems to be, I've kind of worked through this, and I think that's really kind of threefold. Number one, when it talks about someone being filled with something in the New Testament, that one side of it is the fact that it permeates it. It permeates that person. So as soon as I started getting sick, first thing I did, those little emergency packets. How many of you use emergency or airborne or something? Because you just hope that this will somehow head it off. It didn't work for me. But what you do is you take it and you pour it into a little cup of water and it goes all through it and it starts fizzing and it doesn't do a thing but it tastes good and you're all like, okay, I'm set now. I, I just drank something that's going to help me. But it doesn't actually do anything for you? Nobody? Okay, cool. Well, that's what I did. I took that emergency. It permeated through the water. It, it didn't just go one little spot inside the water. It spread throughout it, and there's bubbles, and there's fizz, and there's color, and it tastes good, and you think you're doing something, but you're not. But it's permeating. It's, it's not just a little bit. It's every bit of it. That's one side of filled that you see. When it talks about someone being filled with confusion, it's not just partly confused. It's all are filled with confusion. And then there's another part of it that's about dominating. When somebody is filled with anger or rage or jealousy, it's like there's no room for any other thought than that. Rage, anger. Have you ever seen something? In the Bible, when they're filled with rage, they legitimately cover their ears and gnash their teeth, right? Have you seen somebody so filled with rage that no matter what you say to them, you know this isn't going to make a difference because they cannot hear what you're saying. Unforgiveness, filled with that, completely eliminates space for other things, okay? So there's that side of it as well. But then there's another side too, and I think it's all three of these when it talks about being filled, and that's pressure. Pressure. When someone is filled with something in the New Testament, when it talks about that, it talks about it as if you can't keep it on the inside. You can tell when somebody's filled with rage. You can look at them and see it. You can tell when somebody's filled with awe and wonder, right? On Friday, my fever had broken, so I said, hey, here's a great idea. Let's go to the circus. <laughs> and uh, legitimately, so I, the circus was in town, right? So, and I wanted to give my kids an idea of where to run to when they run away, right? So they're going <laughs> to, so I brought my kids to the circus. And uh, I thought it would be fun for them to see all this different stuff. And so we got like front row seats, like second row seats. And there was actually somebody right behind me from praise. So we had to, you know, be pastoral. Anyway, so we're uh, enjoying the circus. And um, my kids are enjoying the circus. I spent the entire time looking around and wondering how many of the people in the room in that JQH arena had recently been to Wuhan, China. (laughs) 
I mean, legitimately, I'm like, how many of these people have the flu? Turns out, joke's on them, it was me. And uh, <laughs> sorry about that, people sitting behind me who are not here this morning. <laughs> but the best moment was when they were doing the tightrope stuff. And I look over at my daughter, and this was why we went for that one moment of awe and wonder. And you don't have to guess, what is my daughter thinking right now? You just look at her and she's like, like blown away. Why? Because when you're filled with something, your eyes go wide, your mouth drops open, you are filled with awe and wonder, it overflows. You notice that this verse ends with a comma and not a period. What does it overflow with? Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to, the God, to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. All of those things are very clearly tied to being filled with the Spirit. In the original language, it's obvious. They're all tied specifically to it. Being filled with the Spirit flows out in these things. Addressing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart. Being reverent towards Christ and mutual submission to one another. And look at how it continues after this. I don't have it up on the screen, but if you look in your Bible, what comes right after the mutual submission conversation here? Yeah, husbands and wives. Here's how you should treat one another. Mutual submission. Okay? And then what comes after that? parenting. Pretty much all of these things are an outflow from, according to Paul, being filled with the Spirit. So we start there with being filled with the Spirit, and then those other things come out of it. And I don't know if you've ever looked at that verse and thought, how many of those do have to do with singing? There's five things there. Three of the five are about singing. I don't know if you know this, but your faith is supposed to be a musical. Yeah? Sing it to me. Come on. Truly. Like this is, have you ever thought it's weird that you come together in a room with a bunch of people that you don't talk to a lot, but then you all sing songs together? That's beautiful. That's rich. But it says we're supposed to address one another with songs. You know, this is a musical. Like, and how do you take that? Here's how I take it. I take it that when the Spirit is moving in worship, in my worship, when I am filled with the Spirit, that I have two audiences. One is God. And I reverently sing to him, giving praise and thanks for all that he has done. But also, 
my singing addresses those around me. And I cannot tell you how many times I've been worshiping with somebody that I know what they're going through, and it makes the song much richer. Even just this morning, I was talking to somebody in my office right before service. And then they're in here worshiping together with me. Oh, makes forgiveness so much richer to see when I see it in light of someone else. And that's what this song, or what this verse is talking about, addressing one another. And this is why we sing the way we do. If you have come and you didn't grow up in church, and, and you're okay just watching and letting other people sing around you because it's weird to you, boy, at some point I encourage you, step out and singing to God. Because I believe that as a result of that, the Spirit will have a much larger range in your life. Take that step of faith and begin to praise Him and glorify Him for what He has done for you. But I want to go back to that verse again. It says, Do not get drunk with wine. I read that, and I can go check mark on that. Right? Like, yeah, I can make that happen. Do not get drunk on wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit. Have you noticed how often God does that? He tells you to do something that you cannot do without Him. This is a passive verb. So, if I were to say to you, hey, when you get done with service today, here's what I want you to do. When you head out that door today, before you get to your car, give your best fr friend a phone call. Give him a phone call. Um, just let him know you love him or her. Just let him know you appreciate him. Bless him. Hang up and go on your way. You could say, all right, I can do that. But if I were to say to you, on your way out today, as soon as you leave that door, get a phone call from your best friend. That's a passive verb. You're like, well, how do I do that? <laughs> how can I make that happen? It's kind of beyond me. That person has to do the work. And that's what God is telling us to do right here. He's saying, be filled with the Spirit. Well, I'm not the filler. You're not the filler. Jesus Christ is the filler. So how do I be filled with the Spirit? Well, the same way you get a call from your best friend. You text them and you say, call me. I'm about to walk out the door. Give me a call. It's important. You want to be filled with the Spirit, you go to God and you say, God, fill me with your Spirit. I can't do this. This is beyond me. It's passive. I am not the filler. You are. So fill me with your spirit. You commanded me to be filled with your spirit. So now I need you to fill me with your spirit. And when it talks about that, there's something that is so important here. That be filled thing is very intentionally, very purposefully continual. It's not a one-time gig. 
It's not a, hey, I did this. Now, I don't know if you know this about me, but I have maybe an unhealthy fetish for to-do lists. I love to-do lists. Every single week, I mark, I have one to-do list that every week my goal is to make it through the 36 items that are on that to-do list. And every single Monday morning, I uncheck every, how many of you guys do something like this? Okay, yeah, so definitely the minority. Okay. <sighs> Thought there were going to be more with me. Um, it was like 36 items, and I mark every single one of them as undone, and all week long, I work through that list and get everything done the next week, okay? And then I have another list that is all of the unique things when somebody comes to me and says, hey, can we do this? Yep, give me a second, and I put it on my to-do list so I don't miss it. And I love checking things off the list. It's done. It's called closing the loop. You guys ever heard of that kind of phrase? Closing the loop. You don't want a loop running all the time. Here's the thing about this. If you have an unhealthy affection for to-do lists, we can approach this in the wrong way. As if, and, and honestly, Pentecost, Pentecostals are probably more um, liable to this than anyone. To say, yeah, I did that. Check mark. Yeah, I've been filled with the Spirit. But that is not the way Scripture talks about it. This is a continue being filled with the Spirit. Acts chapter 13, verse 52 says, And the disciples were continually filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. This is a regular occurring thing. And if you look at the times in Scripture where it says somebody was filled, it was Stephen when he was about to get martyred. He looked up to heaven. It says he was filled in that moment. Peter and John, when they, um, as part of healing somebody and brought before the Sanhedrin, and they're brought before this big group of people and they're getting interrogated, and Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul, confronted by a, sorceress, or a sorcerer named Elymas, looks right at him. It says he was filled filled with the Spirit in that moment. This is not a one-time gig. This is an everyday thing. But let me tell you what the qualification is. It requires stepping out in faith. You do not need to be filled with the Spirit if your great hope in life is to attend church and live a semi-moral life. Lots of faiths do that. And you could probably pull that off on your own. But if you want to have an impact on eternity, which is what Jesus Christ called us to, this is probably one of the most important verses in the Bible for you. Be filled with the Spirit. Every day, come. Every single day, ask. Every single day, say, fill me.
again. And that's how you make sure that your life is not wasted. Anything less than that is debauchery. It is a wasteful life. But when you are filled by the Spirit, stepping out in obedience, then when you don't have the words to say or the strength to say it, it's there right when you need it. It's overflowing. And there's no room for doubt or fear or anything else. And people who know that know it. Here's what I love about this. I don't believe that's talking about salvation, and I don't believe that's talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I don't. I think this is the equipping of the Holy Spirit that he will give you in the moment that you need it. So here's why I'm saying that. Whether you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit or not, we did the big surveys. Three quarters have experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave utterance. Quarter had not. Okay? Doesn't matter. This is what you should be seeking every single day. See, sometimes I think we say, okay, well, I haven't experienced that baptism in the Holy Spirit. I shouldn't be seeking that. No. This is what all of us should be seeking. Or we're on the other side of it. Oh, yeah, I experienced that one time. Check mark. It's done. Don't need to do that again. No, this is an everyday thing. We seek his power. We seek his ability. We seek his presence. And as he fills us for the unique things that we're going to face that day, all of a sudden, our lives are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And that's why it said of Stephen, he was a man who was full of the Holy Spirit. Not just that he was filled in a specific moment, but he lived in such a way that he was filled, and then he was filled, and then he was filled, and then he was filled, and he was a person who was Full of the Holy Spirit. It says the same thing about Barnabas. You know who else it says about? Jesus Christ. Full of the Spirit. Why? Because daily go back to the source. And that's what we need to do as well. I'm going to invite our worship team to come up today because I do that song, Oceans, in particular. Man, as we were singing earlier, just a great worship set, great arc to it, great focus to it. But that ocean song in particular is, I was praying and I was worshiping. Oh, man, I do believe there are people in here who are just getting tired of the semi-moral, go to church every now and again life. And the reason why is that God made you for so much more. And living any way but filled with the Spirit leads to a wasted life. Don't live a wasted life. What an opportunity it is that God gives us to impact eternity. Think about that. We can impact eternity. I can. You can. But not without the help of the Holy Spirit. And every single day we are coming across 
countless people who need you and me to be filled with the Spirit in order that it's not my anger, my rage, it's not unforgiveness, it's not bitterness, it's not selfishness, it's not pride that they interact with, but that they interact with the Spirit through you. Oh, friends, that's a rich and beautiful thing. And it will be said of you if you are the type of person who is filled time and time again. That's a person who is full of the Spirit. Would you stand with me today? I do want us to just end in worshiping this morning, singing that song. And I do believe, I don't know, man, if sometimes as we're singing through those songs, if, if the words... I hope they impact your heart, you know, and get past just the speaking them. My hope is that they even make it past even the intellectual point, but there's a deep realization of the truthfulness of this for me. Oh God, call me, and I will step out. And and I I hope you don't think that that's like a one-time thing that you step out and do something. That's like a daily thing. Sometimes that's stepping out of your comfort zone at work or stepping out of the line at the grocery store because you see someone that you really sense you're supposed to talk to and there's something about that stepping out that as you do that that the holy spirit fills you for exactly what is necessary in that moment and it's a beautiful incredible thing and i want and i know you do too to be people who are full of the Spirit. And if that's the case, it starts by being filled with the Spirit over and over and over again. So let's begin with a time of worship today. Hallelujah. 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 As we're bringing this series to a close, there's no doubt that we more and more need the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, right? And everything we do as believers, we need the Holy Spirit. And we talked about, even the very first week, we talked about the fact that apart from the Holy Spirit, we have no salvation. Apart from His work calling us and drawing us, apart from His work applying the sacrifice of Jesus Christ to us, it's all His work. He's the one who brings us back to life. And so this morning, as I've been praying for the morning, I prayed that the Holy Spirit would be working on hearts today. And that if there was anyone here this morning who did not know Jesus Christ as their Savior, who has not accepted His sacrifice for their sins, that the Holy Spirit would be working on them from before they walked in the door. So if you walked in and you were tears in your eyes already, maybe the Holy Spirit was working on you. So I encourage you, if you're in here and that is you, and the Holy Spirit's calling you and drawing you and speaking to you and saying, today is the day of your salvation. Don't move on from that. Don't, don't try to shut him out. Don't try to ignore him. It's not, it's not going to lead the way you want it to lead. It'll end up leading towards total and complete wastefulness. But there's a different path. And that is only through Jesus Christ. Scripture's clear. If you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you can be saved.
today, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And if you're in here and you've never done that before, just confess him as Lord. Believe in your heart and you can be saved today. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your presence, your power. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, which fills us every single day. Oh God, we are made new by the power of your Holy Spirit. And I do believe that you have been working on hearts already this morning. I believe that all of those things that the enemy would seek to, to keep us away from this moment, oh Lord, we, we didn't allow him. We prayed through. We kept praying. And we're praying still, God. Move in this moment by the power of your Holy Spirit and speak to hearts. And for those who are in here right now who have never put their faith in Jesus Christ, and yet today they sense it being awakened inside of them as you're calling it awake. Oh Lord, I pray that you would help them now make Jesus Christ glorious. Help them to believe in their hearts that Jesus Christ is who he said he was, that God raised him from the dead. The scriptures are true of him. And then, Father, we do confess right now, Jesus Christ is our Lord. Jesus is Lord. Scripture is clear that that's not possible apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. And so, Jesus, you are Lord of my life, all of it, every bit of it. May your Spirit permeate my life. May you dominate my life. May you uh, uh, press against the outsides and overflow and affect those around me, O oh God. Help me in that. And Lord, I just thank you for it. I praise you for it. And I glorify you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask all these things. Be glorified today. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm going to dismiss in just a moment. And when I do, if you're in here and you need prayer for anything, as others get ready to head out the door, instead of heading out, would you step out and come down to the front? This prayer team has committed to pray with you this, uh, not just today, but all week long. If you come and ask for prayer, they will pray with you and have committed to pray all week long for you um, this week. If you're in here and you just confess Jesus Christ as Lord for the very first time, instead of heading out, would you step out and come down to the front? They'd love to talk to you about the next steps. Thank you so much for joining us today as we finished up this series. I pray that it wouldn't be something that is closed but is opened not something that satiated, but made you more hungry and more thirsty for more of him. Man, truly, 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 may we desire more and more of his filling in our lives. God bless you today. Have a great day.